Hello, and welcome to Commercial Real Estate Views with Nayot Pittsburgh's Developing Leaders podcast. This year's Developing Leader or DL annual sponsor is RIDC. The DL Hard Hat sponsor is Falkbilt, and the mentorship sponsor is Desmone Architects. Through these sponsorships, we're able to put on this podcast series. I am Clayton Morris, the 2020 NAOP Pittsburgh Developing Leader Chair and Asset Manager at Sampson Morris Group. In this episode, Tyler Nolan with Pentrust discusses the history of his firm and how they successfully invest in local real estate projects, both protecting the future of pension funds and generating jobs. Before we get too deep into this episode, we have an important NAOP DL election update. Tom Frank with Desmone Architects and this year's Mentorship Committee lead was elected into the role of Vice Chair. Kelsey is vacating her position as Vice Chair to fill my role of Chair. I'm excited to see where the Kelsey and Tom team take the NAOP DLs in 2021. Do not worry, my term as DL Chair might be coming to an end, but you can still hear my dulcet tones as I'll be leading up the NAOP podcast in 2021. Now on to Tyler. Hey everybody, welcome to the NAOP Developing Leader Podcast. My name is Tyler Noland, and I am the Chief Operating Officer at Pentrust Real Estate Advisory Services and your host for this episode. Given the world we live in, I probably don't see many of you too often these days, so I hope this finds everyone happy and healthy. So I thought I'd spend my time with you today telling you a good Pittsburgh comeback story, because everyone loves a good Pittsburgh comeback story. This story begins in 1987, and it's a story that's been passed down to me as I was only five years old at the time. So I'm sure as you know, the 1980s was a rough decade for the Berg, as it lost 8% of its population. Pittsburgh was a strong union city, so the loss of jobs probably hit the unions the hardest. The Pittsburgh building trades were no different. So, quick sidebar about unions. In addition to any number of benefits a union provides its members, one of them is retirement plans in the form of pensions. Over time, the various unions build substantial pension funds, and these funds are invested by trusts formed to oversee the money until a member is old enough or has worked the required number of years to retire. So at some point, someone comes up with the idea that the union should invest some of this money back into commercial real estate. If the unions invested into construction projects, they could dictate that all the construction be done by their members. Smart, right? The investment, if done properly, would create a return for the pensions and the unions were creating not only jobs for themselves, but also contributing to the economic development of the country. So in the early 80s, the building trades in Pittsburgh are investing into a couple of the big national union-related development funds with the promise that these funds will direct some money back to Pittsburgh. But when a city is in the midst of an economic recession, no one wants to invest there. So these big national funds were ultimately ignoring Pittsburgh. Essentially, Pittsburgh pension funds were being invested in creating jobs in New York or LA or wherever the big growth areas were during that time. Certainly not Pittsburgh. So a group of local union leaders, leaders decided to do something about it. In 1987, the ERECT funds were formed. ERECT stands for Employee Real Estate Construction Trust Funds. Pittsburgh retirement dollars would be reinvested back into Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh only with an initial investment of $7 million from the iron workers. And over the next 33 years, that money would not only help rebuild Pittsburgh, but the building trades themselves. A lot of people know that much of, Pitts much of Pittsburgh was built by union tradesmen. What most people don't know is in some cases, 
The people you see swinging the hammers and scaling the girders are the same people providing the money and taking a share of the financial risk to make it happen. And remember, when this all started, our city wasn't the same city it is today. I'd venture a guess to say the union building trades were one of the few investors willing to put money into the sinking ship that was Pittsburgh. Over time, the erect funds have changed and evolved to include West Virginia and Eastern Ohio. But in total, the union building trades have put over $450 million back into Pittsburgh alone. Those projects have created over $1 billion in economic development for our region. So the next time you drive past some of the historical gems in Pittsburgh, like the Cork Factory or Bakery Square or the Produce Terminal, remember that the unions did more than just build them. They risked their very own retirement funds to help make them happen. This town is blessed with any number of great developers, architects, engineers, schools, institutions, you name it. But the unions have played as large a part as any in the Pittsburgh that you see today. I've been fortunate to represent the building trades and their interests in the Erect Fund as an employee at Pentrust for the last 15 years. Pentrust, along with our partners at Amerisurf Trust, is charged with managing the fund. So what do we actually do? I think in any business, it's kind of tough to describe what you do without knowing your audience. And talking about finance can be a pretty dry subject. But here's the best quick and hopefully not too dry explanation to somebody who may not have a finance background. As an example, let's say you go buy a house. Let's say it's a $100,000 house, but you don't have $100,000 in cash. So you go to a bank and the bank says they'll give you a loan for $80,000 to repay over 15 or 30 years if you put in the other $20,000. The bank will take a mortgage on the property, which as you all know means that if you miss your payments, the bank takes your house through foreclosure. Over that time, they charge you an interest rate, which today might be 3%. That's a mortgage-backed loan because it is backed by not only you, but also the value of the house. We do the same thing, except on a larger scale. A developer might come to us and say he wants to build a $10 million office or apartment or industrial building, and he has $2 million he can put into the deal, but he'd like to borrow $8 million. The erect fund, which now totals about $240 million in assets, can provide that $8 million. Our job is to decide, is to decide which are the good projects to invest in. But that's not all we can offer. Let's go back to your imaginary house. Let's say you want to buy that same $100,000 house, but you only have $10,000 and the bank will only give you $80,000. So you need $10,000 more. In some cases, you can go get a second mortgage loan, which you agree to pay back over time. And in the event you fail to make your scheduled payments, the second mortgage has a secondary claim on the proceeds from the sale of your house. So if you default on either of your loans, the banks take back and put your home on the market, and those proceeds will hopefully cover their investments. The banks are repaid in order of their mortgages. A second mortgage might have an interest rate of 8% because it is higher risk than a first mortgage loan. Again, the erect fund can do the same thing on a commercial scale. Let's say you can't get a second mortgage and you still want to buy that house. Well, you might look for a home equity line. An equity line has no mortgage on your property, so home equity provider is betting that your property's value won't go down at all or that you can pay them back. It's almost like a credit card in terms of risk. Because it's a higher risk, 
your interest rate is even higher, maybe somewhere in the teens or even higher than that. If the property appreciates, an equity investor will then share in the upside of the sale. So, the erect funds can similarly provide equity for commercial developments. In that case, the erect fund is a partner to a developer as opposed to a lender. I'll end with a personal note on my involvement with NAOP Pittsburgh. I've been involved in the organization as a DL committee member, a DL board chair, a chapter board member, the chapter secretary, and more. In recent years, my life has taken a turn out west to northwestern Montana, where I and a group of investors acquired a small lodge hotel and some land near Glacier National Park. While it's redirected some of my attention and lessened my role within the chapter, it's really the fulfillment of a lifelong dream, and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the relationships I formed in NAOP. So when I say that I think it's really cool what the developing leaders have evolved into and being able to do a podcast on their behalf, I mean I think it's really cool. To the young developing leaders out there, it's cliche, but get involved. The juice is worth the squeeze. A huge thank you to Clayton Morris and the developing leaders for the opportunity to speak to you today on this platform. Thanks for listening, and tune in again in a couple of weeks for another episode of the NAOP Pittsburgh Developing Leader Podcast. Tyler, thank you for taking the time to participate in the podcast and educating the listeners on Pentrust in your role in the future of our region by placing pension funds into viable projects. This episode and all episodes are available on all major podcasting services. Please subscribe to be alerted when new episodes drop. Thank you for listening. Clayton Morris.